You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. to the house of the Lord this morning. We're glad that you're with us in God's house. Amen. I thank the Lord for what we feel in the presence of the Lord. Aren't you glad for the presence of the Lord this morning? Amen. You have your Bibles, turn with me if you would to Ezekiel chapter 3. And um, I don't don't know if it will be teaching or preaching this morning. I have no idea what it will end up being. Just sharing with you what God shared with me in the night. And um, Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 17 It says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. The Lord's speaking to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel is to be a watchman to the house of Israel. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. He says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And this morning I want to talk to you for the next little while on the watchman, the watchman. And uh, you can see throughout the Old Testament, the Old Testament uses the word watchman, it's used Uh, quite a few times throughout the Old Testament. In the New Testament, he uses words like uh, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He uses the word like shepherd as well. It's used on many occasions. Of course, he's the chief shepherd, and he has called individuals at times to carry the load of feeding the flock and ministering to the flock. And the Old Testament calls it the watchman. And so I I take your attention today to Ezekiel 33. And this is after the Lord has spoken to Ezekiel and has called him the watchman. And the first uh, seven verses of Ezekiel 33 is he's giving instructions on what the watchman is to do and the responsibility It says, again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman. And then he says uh, in in verse uh, 3, If he, or if when he seeth that sword, come upon that land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. This is the responsibility of the watchman, according to what the Lord gave to Ezekiel in chapter 33. And whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet 
and taketh not warning if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard, or he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him, but he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of at my mouth and warn them from me. Uh, this is um, this passage. Maybe you've read over it, read through it before, and maybe there's certain things that stuck out to you, and maybe it kind of was just. This is just another passage of scripture, and. And throughout the book of Ezekiel, there are some difficult things to understand and some difficult things at times to even read and get the meaning out of it. But this is one of those sections in the book of Ezekiel that is spoken to us this morning. Of course, thousands of years ago, it was spoken to Ezekiel, but still relevant uh, here in 2023. And so I just want to break it down in who's involved in this passage before. First of all, it says the word of the Lord. Um, that represents the Lord. He's involved in this passage. And then you see the son of man or the watchman. And, and in this passage, it was Ezekiel. And today, it would represent pastor. You also see the children of thy people, or that's God's children. That's the flock. That's the group of people. And then you see the sword upon the land, which would represent the enemy that would love to come in and destroy. And so you have the Lord, you have the pastor, you have God's people, and the enemy. That's what it was like in Ezekiel's day, and it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed at all. That's still the relevant parties that are involved in what we do from day to day. And so when you look at this passage and you realize that the Lord's involved, pastor's involved, God's people are involved, and the enemy is there, uh, then you look at the different scenarios that are given in this passage and what they, what they mean. So, first of all, there's three different scenarios. Number one, if the enemy comes and the watchman sounds the warning and the people don't listen, then it's their own fault. I just have to tell you what the word says. So if the enemy comes and the pastor has shared the warning and the people don't listen, it's your fault. Okay, that's, that's number one. Number two scenario, if the enemy comes and the watchman sounds the warning and the people listen, they shall be delivered. If the enemy comes and the pastor says that this is what has to happen, and you heed and you're delivered, that's a great scenario. That's an awesome scenario. That's what God desires. Every person, amen, to be free, delivered, amen, not be in any danger of the things of this world. Then the scenario number three, if the enemy comes and the watchman does not sound the warning, then it's the watchman's fault, not your fault. If, if I know that the enemy is after your situation and circumstance and don't tell you, 
then it's my fault. That's, I'm, I'm only giving you scripture, okay? So there's three scenarios. One, if the people don't listen, it's their fault. If the people listen and the watchman has told them, hallelujah, and if the watchman hears and he doesn't share, then it's the watchman's fault. And, folks, that's uh, the scenarios that God has given to Ezekiel to share with the people. Those are pretty important scenarios. So I just want to take them one at a time and share a few things with you. Verse 3 for scenario 1, it talks about the watchman warning. And that watchman warns through the power of the word, the power of preaching, the power of teaching, the power of prayer. Um, can I share with you this morning that God did not call me to be a preacher so that I could have a job. I had a job before I became a preacher. God didn't call me to be a preacher so that I could have an occupation. A vocation. That's not what I do. Unfortunately, I'm thankful for the blessings of this church in allowing me to be blessed through finance. But I'm not a hireling of this church. God called me to pastor this church. And working outside of this church, there's all kinds of opportunity. But God didn't call me to do that. He called me to be a watchman for this church. And I thank God for it, and I thank Him on a daily basis for this church. And so there is a responsibility for me to preach the Word, teach the Word, pray for you on a continual basis. That's a responsibility that God's put on my shoulders when I feel something's not right with your, your life or your situation, then it's only, it's only the Word of God that commands me to share my concern or my thoughts or take it to God in prayer. There's a, there's a responsibility as the man of God to care for you, to shepherd you, to love you. I have pastors in my life. I got pastors that care for me on a, on a regular basis and then I can call on any given moment to say, listen, I need your direction. I need some instruction. I need some extra prayer in my situation. This is what Paul writes to the church at Rome and he says this in chapter 10 of Romans, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not hear, heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. And I can tell you without any hesitation, that's not my literal feet. My literal feet are not pretty. But it says the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace are beautiful. That's what the scripture says. And Paul writes it. 
And he says, uh, and they bring glad tidings of good things. That's why God has put me in the position that he has put me in this church Before he ever called me to be a pastor, I loved him. I served him. I was a child of God. I had a desire to serve God. That didn't all start because he called me to be a preacher. There's an importance that he has put upon me as a watchman. And so that watchman has to warn through the word of God and through the preaching of his word and through the teaching of his word. And the scenario of number one, the responsibility then comes upon the people after the preaching of the word has happened, that it's the responsibility of every person sitting here and every person watching or listening online. It then becomes your responsibility to listen. If the word is preached and the pastor's praying for you, you can't blame the pastor. You can't blame the pastoral team. You can't blame anyone else that's sitting beside you. You can't blame your parents and you can't blame your past and you can't blame all the bad things that have happened in your life. None of those things is going to cut it. The only person that you can look at in the mirror is you. If the word of God is being preached and you're not responding, it is you. You say, Pastor, that seems heartless. I'm only telling you the truth. It's never never a lack of care or concern. God wakes me in the middle of the night, different nights, to pray for individuals and people. And in my daily prayer time, I'm walking and God will bring people to my mind that need prayer that day. I spend time praying for you. It's not about me. It's about me being the watchman for you. And that's why the Bible gives scriptures like standing in the gap and people that will pray between the porch and the altar and and an individual that will stand on your behalf before God. If it breaks the spirit in the heart of a man of God when someone doesn't listen, you can only imagine how much it breaks the heart of the person who created you and formed you and breathed in you the breath of life and has purchased you and bought you and redeemed you and has allowed everything possible To be at your disposal, you can only imagine the walking over the grace of God and how much that hurts him. That's scenario number one. Scenario number two, the Bible says in verse five, the ones who take warning and listen, And I'm thankful for individuals that have heeded what God has spoken into their lives. This is what the the Bible says. He delivers his soul. He delivers your soul. Not the watchman delivers. The watchman will never 
be able to deliver you. No, I need, I need his deliverance. I can't deliver you. You need his deliverance. The only person that could ever help you is not me, your family member. The only person that can ever help you is who we sang about this morning. He's become my everything. And it doesn't matter how hard things get. I'm going to praise him because that's who has delivered me. The watchman will never deliver you. The individual takes the responsibility. And that's why Paul writes it and it's so powerful in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us, you, me, everybody. It's all about his grace and his kindness that's changed your life. You say, well, I come into this situation and, and, and this person and that person. Let me tell you, they never changed you. The only person that's ever changed you is his grace and his kindness. And it's his exceeding greatness that has done the work. When I gave my heart to the Lord, amen, I gave my life to him and committed it to him. I'm thankful for my parents, and I'm thankful for how they trained me. But they didn't save me. I gave my heart to Jesus, and he saved me. And let me tell you why that's so important. Because the people around you might fail. And if the people around you fail and you think it was because of them, it will affect you. But if the people around you fail and you've got your mind on who really saved you, his grace, his kindness, you will prevail. Amen. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The gift of God. Scenario two. And then scenario three begins with verse six. If the watchman doesn't warn the people through preaching or teaching the word and the enemy gets to have his way. The people's lives become a responsibility of the watchman. Yes, you still have the power of choice. Yes, you still have the power to make your own decisions. But if you're standing or sitting in this church. And the person preaching behind this pulpit does not preach the truth. There is a responsibility that comes upon the watchman for what is said. And that responsibility is the cause of the, the tremendous weight that happens upon the man of God. I love what I do. I'm thankful that God has called me to do what I do. And I would never want to do 
anything else in this world other than what God's called me to do. But that does not lighten the load of responsibility as a watchman over your soul. There's a standing before God on the behalf of what is spoken and what is not spoken. What is done and what is not done. How actions take place and how actions are not done. There's a, re a responsibility that happens upon the watchman. And how that is going to be treated before God is extremely important. And I don't take that responsibility lightly. Are there times of, of doing better? Of course. Are there times when you'd like to be more diligent? Of course. I, I, I haven't arrived and sure haven't become perfect. That's long. I mean, there's lots of people that can tell you that. So there's a lot of improvement that still has to happen, and there's a lot of things that still need to grow, and there's a lot of things that still need to become more like him. But down deep inside, there is a call that God has placed within the spirit of this person right here that cares for your soul. And he says in verse 7, he says, So thou, O man of God, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. And just in case Ezekiel wasn't getting it enough, the Lord goes back into verses 8 and 9 and repeats how important that responsibility is. Look what it says. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. What he's saying is repeating the necessity of preaching and teaching the word of God so that people have direction of what way to take. And if not, then the responsibility comes back upon the man of God. So you can see how important that is to be the watchman of this great church, Mission Point. The gatekeeper of this wonderful city. There's a responsibility that almost 11 years ago, God called us to this city to make sure that we were doing to the best of our ability to be the watchman on the wall for this church. Thank you, Jesus, for that incredible responsibility and blessing. And if the chapter ended there, it would just be three great warnings. And it would be that's, that's the scenarios that are available. People who don't listen, people who listen, and a pastor who's an idiot. Okay, that's, that's, that's my terms. That's the scenarios, if that's where it ended. But that's not where it ends. And he... He leads uh, Ezekiel 
into verses 10 to 20. And he, he talks about maybe the most powerful thing that we don't talk about enough. And that is the call to repentance. Verse 10 uses the word pine. Pine, it means wasting away. Wasting away. Our life going down the drain. I don't know about you, but I have no desire for anyone's life to go down the drain. To pass by without fulfillment. To pass by without the fruition of what God's glory has for their lives. No, no. It's the opposite of that. That everyone would come into that place with Him where they would be totally fulfilled in their purpose with God. Now, I, I could read to you all the scriptures from 10 to 20. And I'm going to just give you a few highlights because he says in verse 12, the word says that my righteousness will not save me when I disobey. What does that mean? Well, just because I've been serving God most of my life does not give me a pass today. That doesn't give me any extra qualification. Well, you know, you've got a bank saved up. No, that's not how it works. No, no. What's my life like with him today? What's my heart like with him this morning? What's my spirit like with him right now? It has no bearing on the last 20 years, 30 years, or 40 years. I'm thankful because God saved me from a lot of junk and a lot of heartache, but that is not what's going to help me through today. Where am I with him this morning? And just as he speaks to the righteousness, he also speaks to the wickedness. Just because a person's life has been terrible for however many years doesn't mean that it can't be great today. That's so powerful. He's going to both sides of the equation. And he says, no matter how long you serve me, doesn't qualify for today. Doesn't matter how long you didn't serve me, doesn't mean that you don't qualify today. That's a powerful understanding of the justice of God and how powerful his grace is and how incredible his love is for you and I. It has no bearing on how you've been or who you've been or where you've been, none of that. It's what is it today. So the watchman stands before you this morning giving you the instruction from the Word of God that it matters where your life is right now. Right now. That's why John writes in 1 John 1, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is not the past. That's not 10 years ago. That's not decades ago. That's right now. Right now. You know what that does? It puts us all on the same ground. 
hear me. I'm thankful that God came into my life more than 40-some years ago. I'm thankful for that. But what I'm thankful for is right now. Right now, the opportunity I have to be right with him right now. Right now. And it's not based upon righteousness or wickedness. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm thankful that it's not based upon how many good things I did or didn't do or how many bad things I did or didn't do. Not based upon either of those. What it's based upon, if I come to him and confess to him right now, he's just and ready and faithful to forgive me right now. That's the scripture. And so you see it in these verses 10 to 20 through the word of the Lord. Not to get caught up. Not to get caught up in the past. Either way. Not to get caught up in how someone else is living or being judged. Don't get caught up in any of that stuff. The Lord is just and will always be just on behalf of every individual. Every individual. And folks, we got to get that into our spirit. Because it doesn't matter if the person's on the street or the person owns the high rise. It makes no difference with God. It makes no difference of culture. It makes no difference of language. It makes no difference of upbringing. It makes no difference of of who you're married to or how many kids you have or how many you don't have. None of those things matter, whether you got money or whether you don't have money, whether you got a great job or no job. None of those things matter when it comes to God and how he views you. Oh, yeah, you can give... Don't give him a hand clap because that's for him. How he views you, hallelujah, is absolutely important. And that's what's written from verses 10 to 20 in Ezekiel. It's to warn God's people that everybody needs to be called to a place of repentance. And repentance is just turning from acts of sin and asking God for forgiveness. We make it so difficult at times, and it's not difficult at all. I'm turning from my act of sin, and I'm asking God for, for forgiveness. See, the Greek word for repentance uh, means a change of mind, a regret from sin that results in a change of conduct. What does that mean? God, I want you to change my mind that I don't want to live the way I am. I want to be right. That's as simple as it is. You can't blame it on anybody. It's no one else's fault if you're living in sin. I'm telling you that right now. You can't make me sin and you can't stop me from sinning. It's not going to be your fault. It's not. Seriously, church. If If you're having a struggle with something right now, it's not anyone else's fault. If the word of God is preached... And it's taught from this pulpit. It is your responsibility to listen. You'll never be able to stand before God and say, well, you know, so-and-so, this, and so-and-so thought this, and said this, and wrote this. None of those things are going to hold any water. They're not. It's going to be what you heard 
on July the 16th, 2023, that's going to ring loud and clear in your ears before God. A call to repentance where I just turn from my act of sin and say, God, I want a mindset change that my conduct follows what you desire to have. See, powerful verse, and we use it, and rightfully so. It's a powerful verse in Acts 2 and 38. Peter had done preaching, and they were pricked in their heart, and they were convicted, and they, they said unto him, you know, what, what do we got to do to make this right? And then he tells them simply to repent. That's turn from your act of sin and ask for God's forgiveness. And some have taught that forgiveness and remission of sins are distinct events. That the first one occurs at repentance and the second one occurs at baptism. Then that's, that's actually not correct. The Greek word translated for remission as atheist, which is translated frequently in the King James Version as forgiveness. Salvation is a holistic approach to God. It's not just a series of steps and the modern Western mindset that we often do injustice to biblical texts because we, we apply some analytical tools that are foreign to what it was in the first century mindset. Peter just, he just said, this is, this is what you do and this can all happen instantaneously. You don't have to wait years and months and all. No, no, you can repent and allow the power of his name to be applied today and be filled with his spirit right now. There's no qualifying. <laughs> Some have suggested that water baptism is performed because remission of sins has already been obtained by repentance. And they take the word for and try to make it sound like because of. And that verse is a response, folks, to just a group of people. We don't know how many, but we know how many responded. And they were guilty as sinners. We don't know if they were all there and involved in the crucifixion of, of Jesus. Uh, uh, some of them probably were. All we know is when Peter preached the word. Did you hear what I said? He preached the word. The word convicted. And the conviction caused him to say, what do we got to do? And his response was, you got to repent. You got to turn from those acts of sin and ask for God's forgiveness being Baptized in his name by immersion. Amen. There's only one way to be baptized. In the name of Jesus by immersion. That's what baptism means. Baptismo comes from the word be immersed in water. You're buried with him in baptism. And all of a sudden, it's not might be. You can get it if you're good enough. You'll, you'll qualify someday. No, no. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, this is, this is what the watchman, the responsibility this morning of the watchman. You can read it from verses 10 to 20 in, 
Ezekiel chapter 33, there was a call to repentance. And this necessity of saying there's nobody that doesn't uh, uh, do, get to do it or should do it or shouldn't do it. Everybody, he said, tell all Israel that there's a call to repentance. And so as watchmen this morning, including myself, everyone is called to a place of repentance this morning. Listen, I, I, I'm thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit? I'm thankful for that. And that's represented by the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle of the Old Testament. Okay, that was the presence of God. And the high priest got to go in once a year. And you, you can read all about that story. And that's a representation of his very presence. But eight to nine arcs of the covenant could fit in the altar at the very front of the outer court. So we're excited, and we should be, rightfully so, about the power of the Holy Ghost. But the altar was big enough to hold eight or nine arcs of the covenant. And yet, we can focus, if we're not careful, on the power of the Spirit, and we should. But we can't ignore the call to repentance at the altar. Because when the altar becomes small, the presence of God becomes far. And the bigger the altar is, the greater and the more powerful the presence of God is. Don't ignore the call to repentance no matter how long you've been in church. Because we are all on a journey. We're just trying to be like Him. We're just trying to grow in Him. And there's all kinds of parts of my life and there's all kinds of parts of each person's life here that need work from time to time. Can I speak to someone right now? You have not gone too far to come to the call of repentance. Don't let that be a thought pattern of your mind. Because for by God's grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. His grace is sufficient. His grace will bring you all the way. His mercy is everlasting. He is love. Not something he does, but rather something that he is. Music come. And so the very guilty sinners of Acts 2 make a request. And Peter responds, and he makes it very clear how they are to get it straightened out. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Was it just for the 3,000 that day? No, for the promise is unto you 
and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's why it's so awesome. The great news that I received this week as little Sienna, Sophia, Jaden, Cohen were baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost this week. What a powerful, what a powerful message to get. Four kids at camp. And we got other, kids, other young people coming back, and I already had some tell me, Pastor, won't be the same. Well, that's good news. That's good news. Not that the person was bad, just good news. I don't know, I think it was maybe Thursday. I got a call from my granddaughter. Want to know if I'd be available Saturday. She wanted to get baptized. And she wanted to get baptized at Bampy's church. And they drove three hours from Mamershe for her to be baptized at this church yesterday. I thank God for what's happening in people's lives. See, the call of repentance is still happening. It's still affecting people. Don't allow yourself to sit on a pew and become stagnant. Let the call of repentance affect you this morning. Because the watchman on the wall is preaching to you the word of God. It's not about me. It's not. Just the responsibility that's put upon me as a watchman over this church. So I tell you today, if you sit in your seat and you don't respond, it's not pastor's fault. I'm not taking the blame. If I get up there this morning and sang Yankee Doodle and the bear rolled over the mountain and walked out, then you can blame pastor. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. But I do know that if you hear and you respond, then deliverance takes place. And our relationship with God is where it should be and can be. God, I thank you. I thank you for your mighty presence. I thank you for your mighty spirit. I thank you for this awesome church. I thank you for these this great group of people, everyone that's here this morning or watching or listening, I thank you this morning, Jesus. And God, we just shared your word. God, of the power of repentance where we just turn from our acts of sin. We ask you for forgiveness. We have a change in mind. God, where we don't want to continue to do what we've been doing, but rather our conduct be changed. And everyone that's been already baptized in your precious name, that cleansing power automatically happens. God, I pray for everyone this morning, God, that has not been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins. God, that you would lay into their heart the need to have that done and to do it as soon as possible, just like Kingsley did yesterday. 
And God, the infilling of the power of your spirit, just like it filled four young people this week. God, let that happen to every person that has not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in another tongue. Today can be the day that you do not have to live one more day without your presence inside. God, I pray for every individual this morning that's struggling, battling, got things that they're trying to work through. God, I call, I call a call to repentance this morning that your mighty power and spirit would just work in our lives. God, that you would just continue to work on our heart, work in our spirit, work in our mind, work in all the difficult areas, God, of our life where we just need you. God, we need you. And so I pray that your wonderful presence would speak and minister to every person in this audience this morning. And I ask it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. I just open the altar today to everyone who wants to come. No one's forced to come. Everyone who wants to come. The call to repentance has taken place this morning. The call to repentance has taken place at the altar today. Amen. As they sing, would you respond to God's word this morning? The way God has spoken to you through his spirit to your spirit today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.